breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarty. Mornings on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. One oh one seven FM seven ten Keel Mike and McCarty on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline. Uh, Downtown Development Authority Director Liz Swain joining us. Liz, good morning. Thanks for uh, hey. joining us. Appreciate your How time. Are you, Mike? Good to I'm see doing you. well. Well I hear you. <laughs> yeah, thank you. It's always better to hear me than to see me, I know. Um I got to tell you, this just, you know what an advocate I am for downtown. So this breaks my heart that we're having Mm -hmm. to talk about this. You know, what breaks my heart, Mike, and it is the fact that we're having to talk about just general crime throughout the city. Mm -hmm. It is not just downtown, as we know, that is being affected by this. It's every neighborhood around the city. People are wondering what in the heck is going on i mean that is really the sixty four thousand dollar question what in the heck is going on and how do we get uh the handle on it that we need to let's hone in on downtown for a minute there the there's a business owner tim huck as you well know who's mm-hmm. been very vocal uh he was on yes. the air with us he says the, yes. the laws downtown are not being enforced the noise ordinance is not being enforced there are food vendors he says that pop up all over the place without permits and that we first need to start with the little things and enforce the laws that are on the books right now. Are we not doing that? And if we are not, why? You are asking me questions, unfortunately, that I can't really answer, Erin. Uh, but I will tell you this. There are laws on the books. And we do encourage all of our law enforcement entities to enforce those laws because Tim is absolutely right, and it's that broken window pane theory that we've heard about for so many years. The little things create bigger things, create bigger things, and I do believe that that is true. When we're talking about the noise ordinance, the city has already stated, the city attorney has stated, the mayor, that our noise ordinance is broken and it needs to be rewritten, and they are doing that now. But in the interim, perhaps we could uh, defer to the state noise ordinance which is on the books which could be enforced so that is an option for us to do there are all kinds of ideas i believe that will come out of the public safety committee meeting that will be held next week and i am looking forward to that what i don't want this to become is a back and forth between you know just a couple of businesses downtown because it is bigger than that Mm -hmm. it's bigger than that it's citywide it's downtown wide And there are absolutely things that I think that we can do to get a handle on um, on some of the issues that we've been having. Liz Swing, Downtown Development Authority. Okay, when they say that the current noise ordinance is broken, what's broken about it? Well, I am not an attorney, and I did not stay at a Holiday Inn last night, so I can't even pretend to be one. But what Zelda Tucker, who was the former, was the interim city attorney, told me over the years, and this is very common, When an ordinance needs to be changed, instead of scrapping the ordinance and starting over, they amend it. And so over the years, the Shreveport Noise Ordinance has been amended apparently multiple times. It has made it a 28-page document that is unwieldy and in many cases conflicts 
within the ordinance, it conflicts with itself. Mm, And so it's one of those things that if you cited someone or arrested someone, there's a she was concerned that there was a very good chance that if it went to court, it would be thrown out because the noise ordinance is poorly constructed. And so they are they have determined that they just need to take it, scrap it and start over. The good thing is that there are other noise ordinances that are well written around the state, around the country that they can look to for inspiration. It's not like having to reinvent the wheel, right? Mm-hmm. You can borrow someone else's and go from there. But it's still a legal process, and we know how legal processes go. Yeah. It takes a little while. Liz, let me – let's just you and me talking. There's nobody listening, okay? Just you yeah, and me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. right. You've told me that one before. <laughs> <laughs> Liar, liar, pants on fire. Yeah. Um, Uh You have been very vocal over the years, the decades, let's just say, yeah, whatever, about what you want and what you don't want downtown to Uh make our downtown vibrant. Let's go there this morning. Do you want clubs that have an outdoor area where music is blaring? Outdoor areas are important for all sorts of businesses downtown, for restaurants, for donut shops, for clubs. I think Tim has an outdoor area at Phoenix 2.0. People enjoy, when it's not 100 degrees, being out on the patio, being up on the rooftop. We love rooftop decks. But here's what I've, you know, I've mentioned to you before the last time I was on the radio talking about the noise ordinance. Because buildings downtown are so close together, we have no buffer zone. We have residential right next door to club. We have restaurants right next door to residential. Everybody has to be a good neighbor. We all have to be working on the same sheet of music. And so that's why I mentioned music and the volume of music. It's not so much the type of music. It's the volume of do whatever you, it is. Do you, you want people to be able to hear rooftop music gathered on the sidewalk outside the club? As the director of the Downtown Development mm-hmm. Authority, is that appropriate? Is that music too loud if it's up on the roof or up on the deck and people can gather on the sidewalk and listen to it without ever going in that club? <laughs> oh, come on a, now. No, no, no. Look, because I can answer this both ways. Mm-hmm. We have all been in cities before where you hear uh, music playing and as you're walking down the sidewalk and it is a very pleasant experience. Sure. What is not pleasant is when people are doing things on those sidewalks that are illegal. When if they are stopping traffic, if they are doing drug deals, if they are threatening each other, and certainly if they are pulling weapons. That is where the police come in. If there are people gathered in in big clumps, then the police, you know, should let's move on. We're going from one place to another. That outside is not where the party is. The party is inside, whether it's on the rooftop deck or whether it's on a sidewalk cafe. You can't just gather here and party outside. So all of downtown is not Festival Plaza, right? Mm -hmm. Spring Street's not Festival Plaza. Texas Street's not Festival Plaza. The sidewalk is to get from one place to another, not to gaggle up and create an issue for other people. I've got so a that question. Is, I think where our problem is. Mm-hmm. We've got to, we've got to take a quick break. Can you hold with us for another segment? Sure. We've got mm-hmm. Liz Swain, Downtown Development Authority Director, with us, Mikey McCarthy.
Now more breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. Downtown Development Authority uh, Director Liz Swain on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline. Liz, you said a moment ago about um, how how nice it is to walk downtown and you hear live music playing in venues and things like that. Th- those are areas like, you know, Beale Street in, in, in Memphis and, you know, even Bourbon Street in New Orleans. There's not there's not um, automobile traffic there. Those are designated areas for entertainment and restaurants. No, not- well, not necessarily. Um, there are cities around the country who actually have speaker systems out on their sidewalks, and these are not pedestrian, like, closed street areas. Mm-hmm. They're playing music as you walk around. It's a big thing across the country. Music can be a wonderful thing. Uh, it just, you know, volume matters. It absolutely does. People gathering and uh, partying with no intention of going to the clubs. You know, it. It sounds to me, and the police are still obviously investigating this most recent incident, but those folks who were involved, it sounds like they were not downtown to go to a club. Mm -mm. They were not dressed appropriately to get through for the dress code at various clubs. It was that they came downtown to sit apparently in a parking lot and have their own party. Um, And, you know, those are things that I know that the police have on their mind. How do they make sure that private property, vacant lots, and parking lots do not become adjunct party sites in our downtown? Because they're not downtown spending money. They're not downtown participating in a dance at a club or, you know, drinking a beverage at a club or anything like that. They're just down there because it's a... Maybe it's exciting to be there because there's activity, or maybe they're coming downtown because they're looking for somebody in particular, which may not be a great thing. So those are the types of things that we're going to be talking about at that public safety meeting. We've got a, we've got a district, the Red River Entertainment District, down mm-hmm. close to the riverfront. Liz, mm-hmm. it, it just seems to be gasping all the time. Mm-hmm. It's never really taken off like the potential has, you know, is yeah. there. Why can't we get that alive and vibrant? Well, you know, is it's the rent too vibrant. high? Is, it, it has no, been in no, the past. No, it's not a rent thing. It's not a rent thing. There's some issues. You know, for a long time it was owned by one of the casinos, and the casino wasn't all that interested in it. Uh, the casino has now changed, and uh, the property is now owned by the city of Shreveport. The city of Shreveport manages it. And I think the city of Shreveport would, you know, prefer to find perhaps someone else to manage it for them. They've got other things that they need to be doing rather than managing a district under the bridge. And so we've been talking to them about possibly some uh, options for them there. But that is a lovely area. It's shaded. It's under the bridge, you know, protected from the elements. There are three businesses that are down there that uh, have withstood the test of time. But there should be more. I mean, it's, it's a great little location. But you're absolutely right. There's more that could be done there. You hear uh, some business owners are now saying and have gone on the record saying they're considering getting out of downtown. Um, uh, who exactly, if um, you would share that with me? Well, it was mentioned last night on one of the TV news stations. that I did read that, but mm-hmm. have you talked to that owner of that property? I No, no, I have <laughs> because not. Because I spoke to him yesterday. Not true, so that's has, not true. <laughs> I would say that before anybody 
says anything about another business that they need to confirm directly that it's okay to one share that information, mm-hmm. but that it's true. Okay. Because I was talking to the owner of that business yesterday afternoon, had no idea that this uh, story was going to appear on television okay. uh, later that night. What about Tim that, Huck, who says he's considering it? He's considering selling well, he his properties. That, yeah, he has told me that before. So Tim can absolutely speak for himself. Mm-hmm. You know, he can absolutely speak for himself. But um, And he has told me he is very frustrated. Look, I get it. I get his frustration. I'm frustrated. The police are frustrated. Other downtown businesses are frustrated. We're all frustrated. What do you say? Um, so what do you say, Liz, happens. to mm-hmm. anyone who might be listening who would think twice now before going downtown to enjoy a club, a restaurant, an event, or something? What do you say to them this morning if they have hesitation today? Well, I'm going to say the same thing to them that I've been saying now for years. Uh, since I've been working downtown and even before, that downtown is one of the safest places in the city. It is hard to say that when you have high-profile, incredibly idiotic events like we had this past weekend. But if you look at the timing of our events, it is generally about 2 to 3 o'clock in the mornings, you know, on a, on a night where there are a lot of people, a Friday or Saturday night. So if you are coming downtown to work, if you live downtown and you are not participating in events from 2 to 3 in the morning, if you're coming downtown to eat, if you're coming downtown to go to something at Festival Plaza, we have just never seen problems, never seen problems other than the ones that we uh, have seen, unfortunately, the high-profile ones recently, that give everyone pause. But just take take it all into, you know, Consider everything, not just the one event that may be terribly scary and in the headlines flaring at you. Liz, real quick, in the last 30 seconds, is there a way to stop all the congregating on the sidewalks outside the clubs? Yes, there is. (laughs) We can't post police officers down there all the time. We don't have enough officers, you know. Um, Well, there are other things that police could be using. There's a lot of technology that's out there that's available to them. Um, I would say that lighting, lots of lighting, cameras, you know, there are some towns that are using um, drone technology to just let people know where folks are gathering. And it's instead of being reactive, and again, we don't ever want our police to be in a position where they're having to react to something. If they can be proactive, if they can see that people are starting to gather and respond to that location and say, hey, everybody, let's break it up. Let's head on to wherever we're going. You know, you do it politely. Um, you, you're in a, you're, you're smiling. You're not being aggressive, anything like that. But that just lets people know that you're there. It should give them confidence that they are, you know, being watched over. That mm-hmm. that sense of security. Yeah. Liz Wayne, Downtown Development Authority. Thanks for your time this morning. You bet. Back to the big stories of the day with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. Well, you're here this morning. Yeah. Doesn't bode well for the lottery. Does no, not. it doesn't bode well for you. The lottery's doing fine. Yeah, it's doing real, real well. Uh, there is a winner. One winner. One ticket. One, one ticket out of the millions and millions of tickets sold. There's probably a billion tickets sold. I don't know, but That's a crazy. billion dollar ticket. It's going to be ultimately worth 1.08 billion. 
um, 560 some odd lump sum payout. The one ticket was purchased in California. Now that 560 is that is that after taxes? No, too? you got to pay your taxes first. Oh, then you're and looking then, at so you're going to get 300 million or so, that's something crazy. like that. Yeah, it's chump change. Who could live on that? I know, so it's not worth it. It's not worth it, yeah. You're going to tell me a billion dollars, and then, oh, no, you're only going to get 300 But, you know, you could do the nice thing and leave it with the state of California, and you'd get the whole billion over 20 years. Mm -hmm. Let them manage it for you. Because California, never mind. I want, today... Because they're so the, wise in their in their yeah. In I want the whole state. Money. If I've ever been mad at California, I'm really mad today. I want the whole state to break off. Wasn't that supposed to happen by the 80s? It was supposed to fall off, right? And drift out and be another island. Yeah, the joke was the new maps. Yeah, show California an island off the coast of Nevada. Yes, <laughs> I would like yeah. that to happen now. I'm not happy about this. <laughs> oh, one silly ticket, one point eight billion. Uh, well, I, was, I was hoping, I was pulling for you. Thanks. I was pulling for then you. Then when? Uh, Bossier Mayor Tommy Chandler joins us uh, after the break talking about term limits in Bossier, Mike and McCarty. What Back with more of Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline this morning. Joining us, Bossier City Mayor Tommy Chandler. Tommy, good morning, sir. Good morning, Mike. Good Sun- morning, Aaron. You know, I'm going to have a great day when I get to get up in the morning and talk to y'all on the radio. This is great, you know? <laughs> well, Appreciate that. We, we thank you so much. Sun seems to shine a little bit brighter in Bossier. It does, sir. It's beautiful over here. Term limit petition presented to the council, nearly 3,000 signatures. When you ran for office, you said uh, Bozier should have term limits. Council didn't see it that way, it doesn't sound like. What happens now? Well, not all the, not all the council sees it that way. Some of them do. But, uh, yeah, I ran for that. I believe if you can't do what you can do in 12 years, you don't need to be in there your first four. You know, because it takes your first four to really get learning the job and getting things going. Your second one to really get things really going, going, and then the fourth, you know, I mean the third to kind of, you know, bottle up everything and kind of let the next people get it. All right. The what what action did the council take yesterday? They're they're going to hire outside attorneys to look at it yes. and see what has to be done. Yes, man. That was the council. That wasn't the you know administration that did that. Uh, that you know, you got to get a, a, a petition. To, you know to the legislative branch to, in order to get votes before the voters. And then you need 33% of the, of the votes of all candidates to get that. And they, and the people did that. Uh, I think that the, uh, citizens have spoken and that they need to have a vote on term limits. You would like the citizens to vote. Could the council just take the action on their own if they chose to? I, I, yes, well, I guess if you get four votes, you could do that. Yeah. So, what is this attorney that they're going, the city's going to hire? What are they going to be charged with doing, and and at what cost? Well, you know, as Charles explained yesterday, he's always going a second opinion, and not just his and, and Richard's, uh, an outside one, so they can kind of look at it at a different angle. So, I suppose that that's why they're getting another attorney to see it in another angle or other views 
what would your advice be, um, Mayor Tommy Chandler and Bozier, what would your advice be to residents who think term limits is a good idea? Um, contact your council member and, and say that's what you want? Yes, sir. I think that whatever district they are, get, get with their district councilman. And uh, I'm for this. I mean, and I think they should be for this, too. Because uh, you don't need to make a career out of this. You're here to help the people of the city. And you need to you know, get in there and help people and then, you know, go on after you're 12. If you, if you, well, I mean, and it's true. They, they just stated that every four years you have a term limit. And uh, you can be voted out every four years. But, you know, sometimes it just, people got, you know, they got connections and stuff like that with the, the people that they can get money and go through it. And, and some people just are, you know, worried they can't get enough money. But I think if we have term limits, you'll see more people running for the, the council position and the mayor position. Mm-hmm. Now, we've had, we've had two very long-term mayors in Bossier recently mm-hmm. um do you yes, think sir. do you think this petition was was aimed at the mayor's job or or the council job or both well both of them don't have term limits so i guess it i mean it wasn't really aimed at i'm not i'm not aiming this at the people i appreciate the guys that have been on the council that they've been on this long because i mean we got an a rating on all our things the police fire water everything in Bossier. and Bossier is doing great but I think sometimes we need to let some other new uh, thoughts, you know, some new things go on in Bossier City that uh, can upgrade it even more. Whether, me, go ahead. Tell me what brought this on in the first place. Was was there an, an, something that instigated a, a term limits discussion? Uh, you know, back when I was running for uh, mayor, you know, I, it was, I mean, I've always thought it needed term limits. I mean, I don't know if there was anything that really occurred to make this happen right away. I know that there's some concerned citizens that, are, you know, are wanting term limits, and they went out, and they really went out and walked the city to get the votes. I mean, get the, the uh, not the votes, but get the signature names. And uh, and I think that since they did that, and the people spoken that, yeah, we need to put it before the citizens, and then you know, which way, which way the citizens vote is the way it should go. And, you know, originally, like legislators, state and national legislators, the original intent was for them to go serve their term and then come back into the private sector, not spend a lifetime in Washington, D.C. And I, I, I agree with that. Yes, sir, I do, too. I mean, I mean, you need to do what you can do. And, you, you, you know, if you got to know you got a total of 12 years, you're even going to work harder to get it done. Yeah. And this is a three-term limit proposal, and you pledge here today on Keel Radio that if you're elected for your second, your your third term, that at the end of your 12 years, you're not running for re-election. Uh, no, ma'am, I'm not. I, I'm. I mean, I'll be an old man then, and I, I want. And I want <laughs> well, you're not that old. Um, I'm a, <laughs> well, I'm, I'll be in my late 70s if you know that goes that long. So I'll be good. Mayor Tommy Chandler, thanks for your time. Keep us posted on what happens. Yes, ma'am. Y'all have a great day. You bet. You too, sir. 101.7 FM. Let's get back to the show with Mike and McCarty on 101.7 FM and 710 Keel. 
That's, it makes us sound so professional. Of course it does. Wow. We're big time. What a joke. We're, <laughs> we're big time. We were talking uh, last night to my son. Um, he's, he's making all of his final preparations. And uh, yeah, I'm not going to say... He, he's very concerned about COVID. I'll just say that. Oh, is he really? Oh, yes. Yeah. Okay. Oh. All right. <laughs> um, so he um, he's, he's finished with his job there and, and ready to, you know, mm-hmm. he's coming back. And But the, I, I say all that because in the middle of my wife's on the couch and she's got him on the on speakerphone. And I had kind of worked in the yard again yesterday afternoon, mm-hmm. just a little bit. Yeah. And I was still tired from the day before. Right. You know, working out in that 100 degree heat. You people that work out there, I salute you. Good God, I know. Man. Uh, yes, I'm a wuss. Uh, <laughs> I spend, I, I work 12 hours a day, but it's all inside. Certified wuss here. Yeah. I'm, I'm in the studio here. I'm in the, in the room, control room here. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, I, I, they were talking, and I said, "I'm going to bed." You know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm I'm tired. And and Dina's like, "Well, Dad's going to bed. You know, early to bed, early to rise. Yeah, makes a man healthy, wealthy, and wise." Right. And I thought, healthy. I go to bed early. I get up early. Yeah. How how am I over three? How I'm not healthy, wealthy, or wise. Oh, come on, you're working on it. You're working on it. I am working on my second million. Yeah. <laughs> I gave up on my first. Right. Exactly. <laughs> U.S. Attorney for the Western District of Louisiana, Brandon Brown, going to join us coming up after the top of the hour, talking about how they got 24 gang members. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting. Yeah. It's coming up next, Mike and McCarty. 101. One hundred one seven FM, seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline. Uh, U.S. Attorney for the Western District of Louisiana, Brandon Brown, joining us. Brandon, good morning. Thanks for your time this morning. Good morning. Good. Good to be on again. It, uh, looking is, forward to this morning. Thank you, sir. This is uh, <laughs> such an interesting story. Uh, it harkens back to the thirties when one of the most notorious murderous gangsters of the 30s was brought down on tax fraud uh, you guys were able to take down 24 Shreveport gang members from the Step or Die gang on wire fraud how did this How did this even come about how did you start looking into this well you know um, as, I, as I said in the presser the other day this is a, a group that I think everybody involved in law enforcement in the, the Shreveport, Bossier, um, the Soto Parish area, I mean, they, they, they know who these guys are. Um, and the public, they, they even know uh, the havoc that these guys have caused. It's, it's no secret. Um, there's been a problem putting together a long-term investigation uh, concerning this group. Uh, so when COVID hit, um, we started discovering that, you know, not only these guys, but people all across America 
when the CARES Act fraud legislation was enacted, um, were getting certain funds illicitly. Now, they, they were fudging the paperwork, um, you know, basically lying about numbers of employees, gross receipts, revenue, all of that stuff. And, you know, as we started pulling back the curtain on um, some of these files, we, we noticed that some of these guys, yes, were, were, were involved in the same type of scheme. And, um, you know, it, it, we, we do wire fraud and white collar cases every day. Uh, like you say, very rare that we do them on, on gangs or groups like this, I should say. Um, you know, money laundering sometimes, but, but rarely wire fraud. And, and, and I think a lot of people, when you think of a, a, a street gang, you think of, you know, slinging dope and, and doing drive-bys, but this is more of an organized crime effort. Well, um, yeah, and, and hey, you know, we we try to use all the, the tools in our toolkit um, to pursue justice. And this, we, we feel, is just one way uh, that we can do so, try and disrupt this, this group. I kind of slow down some of the things they're they're doing. Um, you know, these crimes and white collar cases, um, sentences of imprisonment are driven by criminal history and and, and basically the, the amount they stole or tried to steal. We call it loss amount. Um, so it'll it'll vary. Sentences in in, in this investigation will will probably ultimately vary. Of course, ultimately up to the court, the judge. Um, but we, we, we're proud of the work that, um, our local FBI office has done here. Um, our, our prosecutor on the case, Aaron Crawford, um, the PICDA, the Treasury, uh, investigative department. I mean, they, we all came together, even, even some of our, our local, uh, Shreveport PD, uh, TFOs and ATF TFOs, people that have been assigned to those agencies from our local police departments. I've all been chipping in to investigate this group for quite some time. We're not finished. Talking with U.S. Attorney Brandon Brown, you, you've uh, gotten 24. How many members are in this gang? How big of a, a, a hit did they take with 24 coming, being arrested? Well, we, we really don't know, to be honest. Uh, it's kind of a moving target when it comes to this gang. Um, you know, this one, and, and look, this is not, uh, this is not the only group um, here that's causing disruption here in Streetport. This, this is not the only one. Uh, let me be clear on that. Um, so we still have a lot of work to do. I challenge our prosecutors and our investigators every week. You know, let's 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 put our hard hat on. Let's get to work. Uh, but as far as this group, uh, you know, somebody asked that question the other day, and it's, it's really hard to say because uh, they're 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 loosely knit. Uh, that's that's the term terminology we use. And, you know, they could be, you know, in the gang one day and have some kind of dispute and they, they cross over to another one and then the, the next week they're back. Um, but probably on a rolling basis, probably, you know, anywhere from 25 to 40 people, if I had a guess. Brandon, let me ask you, the, the SBA recently put out a report that shows, and this number stuns me, I'm sure you too, um, that the SBA dispersed over $200 billion in potentially fraudulent COVID money. $200 billion that was fraudulent. So this is 24. 
you have others to go after, correct? And if people are listening or they know people that maybe got some bogus money they weren't entitled to, you want to know about it, right? Absolutely. And, you know, when, when COVID hit, like I said, when this CARES Act fraud legislation was enacted, you know, all of a sudden, um, you know, we had a lot of barbers, uh, people selling hair out of their uh, apartments, uh, people popping up with landscaping businesses. Um, even, even in this, in, in this investigation, some of them purported to have cattle farms, pig farms. Uh, so. That's ingenious. Know, I give them an A for effort. Yeah. So, so yeah, there, there are more to answer your question, Aaron. There, there are more. And, and look, we, we, this is not the first indictment we brought concerning CARES Act fraud. We had one in, in Monroe. Uh, a gentleman got sentenced uh, not too long ago, maybe three months ago, lengthy sentence. Uh, that one of our AUSAs, um, you know, worked um, east of the old or, or tried to steal over two million dollars. Got a lengthy sentence on 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 a white collar cases. I think it was maybe a nine year sentence or something close to that. Um, you know, we got we got a few more in the hopper that 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 will be coming soon, uh, and a few more that we've done. This one, of course, has just gotten notoriety because um, it's linked to, you know, a violent crime organization. Can, can you stay with us? I want to talk about crime in Shreveport. You mentioned something that was interesting with regard to guns, and, and I want to ask you some questions about that if we can. Okay. Talking with U.S. Uh, US Attorney Brandon Brown. We'll be back after the break. Now more breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. Talking with U.S. Attorney of the Western District of Louisiana, Brandon Brown, Mike and McCarty, 1017 FM, 710 Kiel. Of these suspects, I believe you had all but one in custody. Uh, what's the status with the, the, the final one? Have y'all had a, got a lead on where he is? I'm not sure. I, I haven't spoken with the Marshal Service uh, since the press conference on Tuesday. I'm, I'm honestly not sure. But as far as I know, he is still um, on the run, per se. Brandon Brown, let me ask you a question. A crime is is probably the topic in our community right now. You you are with, you're among us here. You uh, right now you're in Lafayette, but you're here typically the better part of the week. You see what's going on. You're in the middle of the fight. Um, are you taking steps through your office to do more to get these gang members off the streets? Who are people will say it's the same two hundred people. That are that are wreaking havoc in our community. Do you agree with that? I do, um, and it, it it may be it may be less than that, um, but but I, I do generally agree with that that sentiment. I, I think, Aaron. While I know in, indictments such as this are steps that we're taking, um, you know, proactively to try and be a part of the solution as. as, as the lead-in was, hey, this is rare, you know, to use white-collar statutes to prosecute gang members. And I, I think we we have, like I said earlier, a little more work to do, or a lot more work to do. Um, you know, I'm hoping we can bring more wide-scale indictments. Um, we, we're going to continue to prosecute those who possess firearms illegally uh, to, the, to the fullest extent of the law. 
Um, when I was on before a few months ago, and I, I believe I talked about how in federal court we seek to hold those individuals without bond. Um, when they're brought in, they are a lot of the, I, I believe a lot of them are trigger pullers here in the Shreveport, Bolger area. That's what we call them. Uh, we cannot prosecute standalone murders, drive-by shootings, ag assaults. We, we don't we don't have statutes that allow us to do that. But there are other ways that we can insert ourselves into the equation and help the state out while they um, they keep prosecuting the murders and the, the drive-by shootings, attempted murders, things of that sort. Well, from what I understand, the 23 of the 24 that you've indicted – uh, we're already in jail on other charges. Is that correct? How can we keep them off the streets? Well, can, are, are you going to roll these into a RICO statutes? That's partly true. Let me let me correct. Some some of them have been previously prosecuted before and have gone to jail and and gotten out. Um, well, there's our problem and, right there. Well, I mean, it just kind of depends on, on whatever they were convicted for. Um, you know, it just depends on the sentence. Uh, as far as your, your second question, hey, look, we're, we're always looking to charge people that commit violent crimes and, 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 and that are part of violent crime organizations. Whether we do that through RICO statutes, you know, by car, or like I said, standalone federal crimes that we can prosecute. And look, you know, we, we have intel meetings with our state partners on a weekly basis, and we, we're sharing information. That's one thing I can appreciate, uh, not only in Shreveport, but Monroe, Alexandria, Lafayette, Lake Charles. We, we have great relationships with our state partners, and we're always sharing information, and we're, we're trying to help each other out. Um, so I'm, I'm very appreciative of that. Are there some new things you're going to do in in conjunction with other local leaders that you can share with us i know they're having a public safety committee meeting next week we had some more episodes over the last couple of weeks another episode in downtown any new strategies that you're working on yeah and i you know, i can't really get into the specifics of those obviously but i can talk about uh, some new things that we're working on from a a prevention standpoint that we hope uh, to, to launch this fall in, in our schools and in our communities. You know, I, I think a lot of times if you go in and talk to high schoolers uh, about these situations, oftentimes it's too late. Uh, so not all the time, but oftentimes it's too late. So if we can reach that, that upper elementary, middle school age group, I mean, it's sad to say, uh, but a lot of them are being introduced, um, you know, to Firearms they shouldn't have. Firearms they aren't responsible enough to um, to handle the carry, and they're taking them to school, and you know, they're not hunting with them. They're they're taking them to school. They're carrying them around to the uh, malls and what whatnot. So uh, we want to get in our schools with our state partners and, and try to do some uh, awareness, some prevention. Look forward to hearing more about that. Thanks for your time today. Always a pleasure. You bet. Thank advice. you. Brandon Brown, U.S. Attorney for the Western District of Louisiana. Mike and McCarty. Back with more of Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel.
I've got kind of a bone to pick with you. Okay. I yesterday I I had left the station and it was in the truck. Mm-hmm. And and I heard your story talking about the veto session. Yeah. And you used the phrase, and, and I really don't have time to get into this like I want to on, on this segment. Uh, the the gender affirming care. Are you getting you're getting ammo ready to I throw am. at me? Just aren't in case you? I need it. Yeah, just in case. Gender affirming. Oh, that was care. probably written by someone else. It was written by someone else because it had a piece of audio in it. I so understand it came, that, yeah. but I take. I take real exception to calling child mutilation gender-affirming care. Okay. Would you write, rather me call it child mutilation? Absolutely. Okay. Why? I'll work on that. It's that's You're falling into the left's narrative. I All just... Right. I know. I know. I, I, I just started... I'm, I just, I'll fix it, okay? I was on I-20 watching for the uh, the, the police sting that Boy, was taking place. Boy, did they have place. a police sting out there yesterday. Woo-hoo. Wow. I know at least 10 Shreveport mm-hmm. uh, officers. They were running. handing out these beautiful notes to a lot of people. Invitations mm-hmm. to the police ball. Yeah. <laughs> Coming up uh, here just after the break, Mike Francis, he's the public service commissioner for District 4. Uh, he's also a candidate for secretary of state going to join us, Mike and McCarty. 101- Back with more of Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. Public Service Commissioner for District 4 of Louisiana out of Gina, Louisiana. Mike Francis, candidate for Secretary of State, joining us in studio. First of all, good morning, sir. Well, good morning to you, too. It's and, good to be here. And thank you for, for this uh, seasoning here. I can't wait to try it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like Mike. I've never heard of I like Mike seasoning, but uh, we're going <laughs> to give it a try. It's yeah, legal for the, for us to take this, right? Yes. It's not buying our vote or anything no, like no. that, right? Yeah. <laughs> well. Secretary of State, you're an oil guy. You're a truck driver. Um, yeah. um, what do you What do you know about elections? How are you qualified to run our elections? Oh, if you got enough time to hear my story. But, uh, <laughs> no, when I was, uh, I was 30 years old, I uh, started an oil field business in South Louisiana and uh, drilling fluids. And uh, one truck, one driver. The truck was mine. I was a driver. And when I sold that business, I had uh, over 218 wheelers, almost 500 employees. So uh, I learned a lot about uh, managing people. And uh, we had uh, operations in every oil-producing state in, the, in America, Mexico, and Canada. So uh made a lot of mistakes, learned a lot of things. Uh, but uh, during that time, I served uh, six years as a chairman of the Republican Party of Louisiana. And so I learned a little bit about the political maneuvering uh, at that time, about how to get things done, how to deal with people. and uh, You saw how the proverbial how to, sausage is made. Right, how to compromise, how to compromise. Uh, in the business, I was the only one that had to compromise. You know, I was the only stockholder in my business. But uh, And then, you know, serving God, uh, there's no compromising with God. He, he writes all the rules, and you just you just take order to follow them. So I... Uh, that's probably one of the best things I learned in business was uh, my faith got stronger as the business got tougher as it grew. But uh, thank goodness, uh, a lot of prayers, a lot of good hard work, a lot of good people. Uh, we were successful. And I want to bring that to uh, Baton Rouge, the Secretary changes, of State's office. Changes you plan to make to the Secretary of State's office? 
the reason I'm running is to stop some crazy changes that some people have uh, lifted up. and uh, Such as? Like what? Yeah. Like uh, going back to paper ballots in our voting. Uh, so you're opposed to paper ballots? That's right. Why? Now tell 100%. me why. The reason I'm running, um, I talked to some of the clerks of court and uh, some of the registrars. And their great concern was about uh, possibly going back to paper ballots. And uh, I couldn't find one clerk of court or registrar who was for this. Yet the uh, Secretary of State's office was talking and considering going back to paper ballots. They uh, Several of them asked me to get in the race and run. Uh, after talking to uh, several, a couple of dozen, I, just, I heard the same same answer from each one of them. So uh, I uh, made the announcement that I was running. Uh, a couple of weeks after I announced, the uh, Secretary of State announced he's not running for re-election. So now we have an open seat. So, uh, I'm going to uh, not so much for a change at the office, but uh, one to stop some uh, some ideas that I think are wrong and uh, actually uh, unconstitutional. Rob, former President Trump's called for paper ballots. Um, of course, we know Kyle Ardwan has as well. You completely disagree. Absolutely, hundred percent. Do you think it's more susceptible to fraud? Paper ballots would be. It's possibly. You, you, there's evidence, you know. There, there's a lot of evidence out there about the different types of fraud. Uh, what my position is this: uh, after talking to the clerks and the registrars, and uh, most of the people who uh, help you do the elections. Uh, they all say we have a good system, and, and uh, you know, in, in the business world, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm going in to uh, just take a firm hand and uh, be transparent and uh, show leadership, just like I've done in my business and, and in the uh, in the area of leading the Republican Party. And uh, also, I served six years as a public service commissioner in District Four. Two years I was uh, vice chairman. Two years I was chairman. So I know about how to uh, lead a political group. And, and uh, last November, I was reelected to uh, another six-year term. I have 17 parishes, a million people in my district, and I received 60% of the vote. And I think that's a real uh, – that's a statement of, uh, of real true leadership at a public service commission, in my opinion. I'm a little bit prejudiced, but mm-hmm. – uh, uh, I want to bring that to the Secretary of State's office. You know, right now there's a there's a, a huge concern about uh, in election integrity. Uh, people don't have a lot of faith in in our national system. They don't have a lot of faith in our government right now, and that's one one of the calls for paper ballots. What about mail in ballots? We well, spoke with uh, Senator Kennedy earlier this week, and he said, you know, I want election day. People vote on election day. Early voting is one thing, but we should have, you know, an election day, not an election month. Well, I agree. Uh, most of the time I vote early, my wife and I, because it's just more convenient. And we've got to where we really enjoy that. Uh, but there are there are election day also. So uh, each one has a choice. Which one would they do? We, we want to make sure we make it easy and convenient for people to go vote. And it's, but uh, mail-in ballots but for anybody? Should it be? I mean, I understand no, military no, the, and... Basically, the way the law works right now is uh, you request a mail-in ballot. Uh, so you know, anybody can get one? Well, you can. It's, it's the law. But uh, it's not just a free-for-all. Now, there are some other states uh, are different from Louisiana. Each state... Uh, 
has some different laws the way they're written by the local legislature. And uh, we've been uh, accused of having some some fraud here compared to uh, like Arizona, Pennsylvania, Georgia, which where we have a lot of accusations of fraud. Uh, but we don't have that problem here in Louisiana. Uh, the rating in Louisiana is very good. We're one of the, we uh, mm-hmm. have a record. Uh, according to those people who really judge each state, it is, uh, Louisiana has one of the best. Mike Francis, we're talking to. He's candidate for Secretary of State. We want to know who won the night of the election. Will that happen if you're Secretary of State? Absolutely. And it did last, it did the last election mm-hmm. too. My job is going to be to uh, make sure we hold on to the, uh, the ratings we have and I'll do my best to tweak it up to, uh, be number one in Louisiana. Yeah. Mike Francis, candidate for Secretary of State. Thanks for your time, sir. My pleasure to be here. Thank you so much. 101.7. Let's get back to the show with Mike and McCarty on 101.7 FM and 710 Kiel. Before that last segment, I was talking about... um, the the sting that was going on on I-20. Mm-hmm. We got a message on the Shreveport Security Systems message board, and she was like, what sting? What? It's yeah. a, a speeding uh, concerted effort by the Shreveport Police Department. There were, I, I, I guarantee, at least 10 units. Mm-hmm. Uh, they even had an unmarked car with what looked like a tripod and a camera. Yeah, they were using the camera, and they were using the speed gun. And then they were radioing the cars that were up ahead. Hey, we've got a white Toyota coming. Yeah, there were coming. like three parked on the uh, on-ramp mm-hmm. on the eastbound um, entrance to the uh, to the interstate. And then I, I got off on Juwella and I, I pulled up at the red light behind one of the white SUVs, mm-hmm. Freeport Police. Right. And then one of the black cars was directly behind me. Yes. And they were turning around going back up. So, so. But do you remember the days when we would come out here years and years and years ago when right. we worked out here? Mm-hmm. And there was proverbially a cop at Monkhouse. Always. 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 You just knew to slow down. We knew. They were under the underpass. And in these last 15 years... I've seen one a couple of times only, yeah. only a few times. Right. Rarely do you see them. So it was almost like we didn't enforce the speed limit on the interstate for many, many, many years. And now, because I've, I've seen this kind of sting a few months ago, too, they're ramping it back up. And I'm curious about, you know, is it revenue generating? Is it just we're going to get that operation back up and going? You know, what's the motivation? Because for the longest time, there was no speed control on I-20. And, I mean, it's it's a free-for-all out there some hours. And there used to be a lot more motorcycle patrol. Yes. I haven't seen a Shreveport motor unit in forever. It's been a minute. It's been a minute. Yeah, I knew. Is I knew it a still kid active, was, I wonder? I, I knew a kid who was in it, and I ran into him about two years ago, and he was still doing it. I'm not sure if they still are active, actively doing it. I don't know, but I know that was a major speed trap yesterday, and they may have it coming up again today. And I warned you about it. I called yeah, and yeah. said, oh, You usually show. leave before I do. Yeah. And, yeah, Aaron called me and said, hey, watch out. Yeah, Coming exactly. eastbound. 
bunkhouse that that yeah they're they're set up and they so i was were. prepared fortunately mm-hmm. they were out there in force big time yesterday maybe back out today just giving you a heads and up remember, they are yeah remember the old oh, the old days mm-hmm. we, we used to give radar locations oh yeah running radar on texas <laughs> street and downtown and also on southfield <laughs> and you know i think the reason they don't do it as much anymore is because they have so many apps now that you can put on your phone that'll say, hey, there's an obstruction on the freeway up ahead or there's a police unit up ahead. Well, I think also being 140 officers short, they, they're not running radar. Oh, exactly. Like they used to. I, that was my thought when I drove through there. I thought, can we afford to have 10 police officers right. up on I-20? I was, I was thinking the same thing. Don't What's we need them this? elsewhere? Don't they need to be patrolling in other parts of the city where people are shooting each other? But, you know, you've got to enforce all the laws. That's part of our problem. you got to enforce all the laws to, to, do, to make them all work. That's, that's a little bit of an issue. For 101.7 FM, 710 Kilo. One hundred one seven FM, seven ten Keo, Mike and McCarty. It's interesting, of course. Now you, it, it's it's social media. I I'm, of course, I'm yeah. not a huge social media fan to begin with. But I went to the source. But there's a, there is an interesting post on social media that uh, is is proposing Rod Demery former detective with the Shreveport Police Department. Mm-hmm. I think, is he currently Grambling State University Police Chief? Yeah, he's chief in Gra- at Grambling. At Grambling. Um, he, you know, he he was mentioned as a possible mayoral candidate at one point. He was mentioned as a possible chief of police at one point for Shreveport. Um, he, you know, his name comes up. Uh, Rod Demery is a black Republican, uh, which makes him, you know, a little bit odd, an, a little bit of an oddity for most folks. Um, he's very fiscally conservative. He's a very big proponent of um, tough on crime. Mm-hmm. You know that you have to lock the people up. You cannot keep letting the door, the revolving door. Um, would Rod run for sheriff? Well, A, the big question is the, the rule for sheriff, and we heard Steve Prater tell us this, is you have to have lived in the parish one year prior, prior to qualifying. Right. So you have already have to live in Caddo Parish, and you've had to live here since August of last year at least. The big question is, does Rod live in Caddo Parish? Um, and you know what? I'm the I'm a big believer in reaching out to the source and finding out. So I did just that. And let me read you exactly what I said to uh, Rod this morning. I said, are you considering running for sheriff at all? And he said, and this is a direct quote, hey, Aaron, I've been asked by some folks I really respect. I'm humbled. A run would take a lot of soul searching and prayer. To which I responded. So he didn't say no. Right. He did not say no. But I responded, do you reside in Caddo Parish, which is a requirement? And he has not answered that yet. And when was and when was this text? This text was in the 7 o'clock hour this morning. Oh, okay. So that was just this hour. This morning, yeah. And so he hasn't... And now, he may have gotten to work and he's busy. I get that. So he hadn't answered my text yet. But he's going to have to show he has lived in Caddo Parish for the past year. Um, did he move to Grambling? I don't know. Does he still maintain a home here 
and he also has pe- perhaps a home in, at Grambling, or does he commute back and forth from Shreveport, or does he live in Bozier? I mean, if he lives in Bozier, that's a deal breaker. Right, right. You know, he can't do it. So, you know, if if that's the answer, no, I don't live in Caddo. I can't run. I'm out. He'll have to say, I'm out. I, it's not for me. Um, would Rod be a good choice? I, You know, I'm not sure. I don't know. Would Steve Prater um, jump in and try to dissuade him from doing that? I'm sure they're buddies. They worked on the SPD force together. Um, you know, he, Steve's not going to want two Republicans in the race. And Steve has already come out backing John Nicholson. Absolutely. So. And he's, he's urging his supporters to give their money to Nicholson. Um, and John Nicholson's a former Shreveport City Councilman. He's an attorney. But his downside that pe- people are going to say is no law, no law enforcement experience. Um, we know Henry Whitehorn's in the as, race. As Prater said, there are several current acting sheriffs that have been very successful that didn't have prior law enforcement experience. Mm-hmm. It's more of an administrative job. Uh, Sheriff Prater told us earlier this week, he said, you know, over half of his staff mm-hmm. works in the jail. Right. He goes, I had no knowledge about how to run a jail before I became sheriff. Uh, they, they run warrants. They, they serve, uh, serve warrants. They, uh, there are other duties other than patrol. Right. Actually, a small portion of the deputies actually work patrol. I just hope that people that are saying that about Nicholson, that, you know, you don't have to have law enforcement experience. I just hope if the roles were reversed, and the Democrat had no law enforcement experience, you wouldn't be saying the same thing. You follow me? Oh, you got to say the same thing about everybody. Absolutely. Now, because Henry Whitehorn has a stellar record of law enforcement experience. He has a, in my view, a horrible past four years. He didn't do a great job in his last As four years. As an administrator. Now, he was, his hands were tied. Which is the primary tied. job of a sheriff. Absolutely. His hands were tied. But I would have liked, instead of Henry Whitehorn on the way out the door, when the city council was passing that 13% pay raise and was signing off on that, um, Chief Whitehorn, as he left, cautioned them, we don't have the money to keep paying for this. We don't have the money to keep paying for this. It's not sustainable. He should have been screaming that before they passed it. He should have been yelling at them, you can't do this. We should give it to police and fire only. We shouldn't give it to all city workers. We should find a little bit for some. But, I mean, you gave Henry Whitehorn a 13% increase. You gave a man who made six figures a 13% increase. Um, it should have, it should have stopped at some point. There were other things that he signed off on. The, the recycling contract. He should have nipped that in the bud. Nicholson's right about that. Whitehorn should have come out and said, no, this lady has one SUV. Not, not even a recycling vehicle. She's never done the recycling. But why are we even wasting time discussing this? She sh- he should have nipped it in the bud. He was the CAO. That's what a CAO does. The mayor goes out and kisses babies and cuts ribbons and, you know, he sets policy. But the CAO really should be running the city and should be making the decisions about this is not a good idea. So... I'm looking at the comments on, on this post about mm-hmm. about Rod Demery, it, it's very interesting. Uh, a lot, a lot are supporting and saying, "Absolutely, I would vote for Rod Demery. He'd he'd be a great job. He'd be a great sheriff." Mm-hmm. Um, now, is you know, is this a cross section of the the entire parish 
Don't know. Don't know. No. Uh, interesting point just got texted to me. Rod is also now a state employee as the GSU police chief. He would likely have to resign to run as a state civil service employee. So he would have to give up his state benefits and all that to run for sheriff. I don't think you give all that up if you got an well, iffy chance. Especially this late in the race. Yeah, it's real late. It's very, we're coming up into August. Qualifying is next month. Yeah. Time to go. Time to have all your money ready. Where's all your money? To, exactly. You're going to mm-hmm. have to monetize your campaign yep. and get things ready. To me, it would it would seem not this round. Not this round. Yeah, I think you're probably right. I you think know, you're right. you'd have this. Have to, this would be something you you'd have to pre- take time and prepare for. Mm-hmm. And I mean, is he squeaky clean? You know, I don't know. Will there be things that come out? I don't know. All I know is he's prayerful over it. He is considering it. Is what it sounded like. But he hasn't answered me yet if he lives in Caddo Parish. So that's a deal breaker if he doesn't. Well, I want to uh, just looking at this at this some of these comments and and I'll and I'll, my concern with Nicholson gun control laws are racist and misogynistic. Hmm. I, I, I I'm just going to leave that there. <laughs> Well, Nicholson was trying to pass a law where if you left your gun in your car unlocked, you could be held responsible for that. It, you know, it was holding gun owners accountable for responsible gun ownership. But there were a lot of people who were saying, you're punishing me as a gun owner because I made a mistake. Oops, I made a mistake. I forgot to lock my car. Well, but, I'm sorry. But some people don't make a mistake. They leave their gun in their car. All mm-hmm. the time, yes, they which, do, and I, I don't, I don't agree with that. Right, a lot of people do. A lot of people do. They leave it in the glove box or in the little middle compartment. How uh, many, how many illegally owned guns on the street were obtained in that exact fashion? That's the problem. A lot of guns are stolen from cars, and they end up killing somebody later. And it, and it used to belong to Mike Martindale. You know, who accidentally left the gun in the car one night and some crook got it. So Demery's an interesting an interesting name to throw in that race. It it would change the race completely. Uh, it, and we'll stay on top of it. Mm-hmm. And, and I want to find out what his response to uh, whether he lives in the parish or not. Yeah, we're waiting. 1017 FM 710 Keel, Mike and now more breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. I noticed the sign coming into Shreveport. If you're coming from I-20, which we do every single day from mm-hmm. the west, mm-hmm. you're heading east into Shreveport before you get to the airport, the Monkhouse exit. Welcome to yep. Shreveport. Bozier. Yeah, right there at 220. Beautiful sign off in the, the green yeah, area. Big brick. Welcome to Shreveport Bozier. It's beautiful. It's a pretty sign. I mean, it probably could use an update. Um, more lighting around it and all that, but lighting's not Shreveport's fine suit. Um, Especially coming around the fairgrounds. But remember, it says, welcome to Shreveport Bozier. Mm-hmm. Bozier's about to do a brand new sign out there by Louisiana Downs. Coming into Bossier City. From the east. Mm-hmm. And, and all the designs say, welcome to Bossier City, home of Barksdale Air Force Base or something like that. They don't say Shreveport? Nuh-uh. Welcome to Bossier Shreveport? Nuh-uh. 
Shreveport's not on it, on any of them. I didn't see Shreveport on any of them. So should we go out there with a magic marker and scratch Bozier off the Shreveport sign? I'm not advocating you go do that. Please, nobody go out there and mess with the Shreveport well, sign. You sort of just did. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> but are we one community? Should we both promote each other? Because the Shreveport sign says, welcome to Shreveport, Bozier. Should the Bozier sign say, welcome to Bozier, Shreveport? It, it it hit me when I read the sign when I was driving yesterday. I went, I wonder what the Shreveport sign looks like. What does it say? And I went, whoa, it says Bozier on it. All those beautiful new Bozier signs they're proposing, which you can see, by the way, at keelnews.com and vote on which one you like. Yeah, there's five or six. Mm-hmm. Don't mention. Really cool designs. Don't mention Shreveport. Don't. And and I can tell you right now what some of the, what we're going to get on the Security Systems Message Board. If you were Bozier, would you want to claim Shreveport? <laughs> I was going to say the same thing. It, it, it's on well, our it, Keel Facebook you know, page. It, Shreveport yeah. is trying to glam on to Bozier. Mm-hmm. We want to know your opinion. What, you know, what do you think? Should the new Bozier sign also include Shreveport? Uh, people are going to say, why would they? Right. Why would they want to? Right. Bozier's got the best of this whole community. You know, they've got almost everything we have now. They've got Target. They've got, you know, they've got a big, bigger mall. They've got, you know. Is is having a Target? Well, I don't know. I mean, they've got, uh, you know, they've got, uh, some would say, a safer community. I don't know if the numbers prove that. But they some would say they've got, you know, better schools. I don't know that the numbers prove that. People are moving more to Bossier than the vice versa. You know, if you hear people moving, they're typically moving from Shreveport to Bossier or Stonewall or something else. Or actually, b- uh, more Benton. Yes. In that area. Mm-hmm. North, North Bossier and Benton area. Right. Exploding as the numbers in Shreveport mm-hmm. are dropping. Are we like the 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 relative that Bozier doesn't want to acknowledge? We're, we're the Cousin Eddie. Yeah, we're Cousin Eddie. We're in jail. And uh, they don't want to talk about us. They don't want us to pull our motorhome up outside their home. I don't know. That, that there's an RV, Clark. Should Shreveport change our sign? Welcome to Shreveport. No, that's just no, being petty. That would be petty. That would be p- very petty. I t- it just hit me. I just thought, huh, we're promoting them. They ain't planning to promote us. It was. I was curious about it. I thought, I don't, I don't. I'll, I'll look back at the signs. That's, that's interesting, though. Yeah, and ours was done years and years ago. That sign's been up there. The Shreveport sign's been up there years and years ago. Um, you know, we're just giving a little shout out to Bozier. Would we do it to, if we had it to do over again? Do you think our leaders would say would put Bozier on there? Now, I bet they probably wouldn't. I may be wrong, but I bet they probably wouldn't. Let us know what you think on the Shreveport Security Systems message board. Uh, you can access it through the free Keel app, 101.7 FM. Back to the big stories of the day with Mike and McCarty on 101.7 FM and 710 Keel. So Shreveport loves Bozier, but Bozier doesn't love Shreveport. Yeah, I guess maybe that's it. I got a text. Now the general consensus is that people are flying out of Shreveport, can't get out fast enough. Everybody's going to Bozier, but that's not actually the case. Yep, got a text from uh, Tim Magner, the Shreveport Chamber of Commerce. According to U.S. Census data. 
between 2010 and 2020, about 500 more people moved from Bossier to Caddo than moved the other way. That's interesting. I would have never guessed that. Never in a million years. Now, I bet we lost some to DeSoto. I don't know. He'll, uh, and I'll need to go crunch those numbers, too, because you're right. We lost some to Benton, probably, um, you know, other other areas. But if people so are coming. people moved from Bozier to Shreveport than from Shreveport to Bozier. That's what he's According saying. According to U.S. Census data. That's what he's saying. From 2010 to 2020. But I would love to see the numbers for people that moved into our region from outside. Did they come to Shreveport or did they go to Bossier Parish or DeSoto Parish? I would love to see that data. I'm sure that data exists, but you know, it's the, and the reason we bring it up is because the, the welcome to Shreveport sign right there at 220 on I-20 says, welcome to Shreveport Bossier. And Bossier's about to put a brand new sign up and they've got all the designs ready. You can see all the designs and vote on them. And nary a one of them mentions Shreveport. So. I don't know. I don't know. I, you know, and it may be that it's awkward. You know, welcome to Bozier Shreveport. We're not used to saying it that way. Bozier, right? You know, I I remember at at one time um, the Mudbugs were in in Bozier at the CenturyLink. Yes, and I say CenturyLink because that's what it was at the time. I know it's Brookshire Grocery Arena, Mm -hmm. Um, and they were saying the Bozier Shreveport Mudbugs. Yes. It's awkward. And it was awkward. It is a little bit awkward. People aren't, people are used to saying Shreveport Bossier. Um, so because it's awkward, you leave Shreveport out. Is, do you leave Shreveport out because you really don't want to promote Shreveport? Um, should we be promoting each other? I don't know. I'm asking the question. I'm not, I don't, I don't care about the, what the answer is. I just notice weird things and ask the question. Uh, did, Here's some of the comments on the Keel Facebook page. Did Bozier share the cost? Was it put up by the Shreveport Bozier Tourist Bureau? Oh, good I question. I think it was put, and that's a good question. Yeah. I think it was put there back in the late 60s. Another question from Anthony. Shreveport gains something by its association with Bozier City. Bozier City gains nothing from the association. Interesting comments. That's for sure. So we'll see what happens. They're voting now on the new Bozier sign. Some of them are gorgeous. They really are. They're I like really the beautiful. one that looks like a, a, a B-52 standing on its oh, tail. it is really beautiful. It really is beautiful. So we shall see And you can happens. see all those uh, those pictures of the proposed signs on keelnews.com. Mm-hmm, Mike and bet. McCarty. Back with more of Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. One oh one seven FM seven ten keel. You don't have to say that anymore. Oh that's right. <laughs> See? At least I'm not saying Mike and well, you know. Hey I know. Hey. Hey. You want a free pizza? <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't don't get me started. I'm sorry. So you didn't win the Powerball. Edit that out, Ruben, please. Yeah, take that out because I don't I I don't even want that in my head. I didn't win the Powerball. No, I did not win the Powerball. So when you play, you have you have a ticket that you just redo every time. 
every time I play the same ticket is over. Is it a $10 ticket, a 20 it's what a, is it? Uh, it's five numbers, so it's a $10 ticket. Okay. And so, I like, I have the I have my Mega Millions ticket, and I have my Powerball so ticket. So, you could play it for $2. No, it's got five sets of num. It's got five sets of numbers on it. No, I'm saying uh, if I wanted to go buy one a ticket. Powerball ticket, yeah, I could bucks. play for two bucks. Mm-hmm. It's two bucks. Why would you? It's only worth ten million now. There was a winner, right? A billion dollar winner. So now it's just jump change, and it's ridiculous. It's um, a California ticket. But won wouldn't the billion you have a better price. chance of winning that ten million than you do the one billion? I mean, no, the odds of getting are... the same six numbers right are probably the same. I mean, you know, the numbers are the math is the same, regardless of how many people buy tickets. Yeah, because it just—I I guess I that would, would be depending on how many you would have to split it with. Maybe. Yeah, maybe so. But I, you but know, it, then, but then again, the billion—they don't have to split it with anybody. They don't have to one and, and, ticket, one ticket, and I'm praying won the whole shooting match. I'm praying it's like a homeless shelter in a very impoverished <laughs> really neighborhood who went in on it and they bought one ticket and they hit it big, and they're all going to now be millionaires because they bought one two dollar ticket and they won. Mike, I, I really, Ruben, I really don't think Mike understands my depravity. With this, with this, <laughs> well, because well, apparently I'm, not. If you're using the word depravity, I am. Last night, I napped until almost six yesterday evening. Then I, I woke up. I, I did fall asleep yesterday too. And I go to a certain website where they sell penthouse condominiums. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. I thought I thought you were going someplace else. Really no, different for no, a second no, there. No, 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 no. And I'm looking at them. Now, these are beautiful. I mean, these are four-bedroom, top of the line, every every amenity you can imagine. But I would Private go, elevator. All that. Right. All that stuff. Okay. I would go to the pictures, and I would go to the balcony pictures. And if they didn't have the exact view of the sunset, sunrise rather, that I wanted, if they don't view the sunrise like I want to see it, they're out. I'm out. The, the X. The X comes down on them. No, you're not good enough for me. I, you cannot be on my list. Oh, I found no. three last night that had the exact Like you would ever view. be up to see the sunset anyway after oh, you sunrise. retire. Oh, sunrise. Or sunrise, I oh, mean. Oh, I'm a big sunrise gal. Well, now you I'll are go, now because you have to. Well, I'll go back to sleep. On I'll s- get up and on, watch it. On Saturdays, what time do you wake up? Six. I, when I'm on vacation, I watch the sunrise. I know that sounds silly. I go out. But that'll and watch stop it. after after a while. You think? I I, I would think so. Uh, you I might be it's right. just ain't it ain't natural to get up as early as we get up. No, as much joy as I get out of seeing that pink ball of flame well, come so you're up. You're a morning person, aren't I, you? I am a morning person. I'm a Always, night person. I've been a morning person all my life. Me and my pops were up early drinking coffee, which I wasn't supposed to have, but he let me have because it was just yeah. me and me and him. But uh, you know, so I, so I'm nuts. I'm literally buying condos with the right view, and now some <laughs> idiot in California won my prize. He's going to get your condo. Yeah, he's going to get it. Oh, I'm so upset. Why would Bozier list Shreveport or Shreveport list Bozier? Shreveport needs to update their signs. Mm. You couldn't pay me to live in Bozier ever. 
Yeah. <laughs> wow. Wow. That's kind of harsh, Gene. Holy cow. Mm. Bozier gains nothing, according to some listeners. Really? Okay. Bozier uh, owes everything to Shreveport for that land donation for Barksdale Air Force Base. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> I kind of feel that way about the French that hate us. Really? Yeah. <laughs> really? You'd be speaking German and eating sauerkraut today. Mm-hmm. 101.7 FM, 710 Kio, Mike and Let's get back to the show with Mike and McCarty on 101.7 FM and 710 Kiel. Some of these messages that we get, just, I just, they're Dunder Mifflins. They're, I just want to smack people sometimes. Mm-hmm. I asked you this morning early. How do if, you live your life so yeah. negative right. all the time? Whiner, whiner, whiner. All the time. If I were to ask you, and let's, let's, let's end this on a happy note and make us all hungry. Oh, we're going to make somebody mad. No, we won't. There's more important things to talk about. Oh, gosh. We do Which it, we, we do. do for three hours. We cover those things for three hours. We Sorry. do. Sorry, you haven't been I, with I'm us for derailing. three hours. Uh, if I asked you what is your favorite comfort food, and you were to tell me, you know, hey, this is this is the go-to. If I'm going to have comfort food, I want this. Oh my! I, first thing pops into my head is fried chicken. Oh yeah. My grandmother, my granny, made mm-hmm. the best fried chicken ever. Yeah. Reuben, yours is what? Chicken is definitely up there, but uh, I'm going to have to go with uh, ice cream. Ice cream. Oh, big, that's a good one. I'm not even a big anymore. I'm not a huge sweets guy, but yeah. something uh-huh. about ice cream. I, I, I can't stay out of it. And you like a good fried bologna sandwich, too. I love a fried. I, I, you fry the bologna, and then you grill the sandwich. There you go, with a little butter. A little, little mustard, little butter. Okay, have you, oh. ever had a, have you ever had Spam, fried Spam? Of course, yeah. Oh. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, we need a new co-host now. <laughs> we might even need a new producer now. Fried Spam. Oh, come on. Have y'all lost your damn uh, mind. It's fr- so good. Fried uh. Spam with some horseradish mustard. Oh, Very ew. nice. Disgusting. <laughs> I'm, going, I'm leaving now. Well, there is a, uh, a a site mashed, I think it's called. They have the, the favorite comfort food in every state. And in Texas... This blew me away. It is chili con carne. I don't even Ooh. know if I'm saying it right. What chili. is chili con carne? What is that? I don't know. I don't either. We don't it's even that, know what that is. It sounds fancy. Yeah. It's some sort of chili. Arkansas is con, chicken and dumplings. Okay, wait. Con carne. That con is with, right? Okay. Chili with carne. Oh, I don't know what carne is. What's carne? carne? Can uh, I have some carne? I know Can what I go to McDonald's? I don't know. Isn't that silly? <laughs> yeah, it's, that. Just, it's just chili with meat. Chili meat. with meat. It's Thank just, you. It's just chili. That's what it's I thought. Meat, carne, with chili okay. peppers, meat, tomatoes, mm-hmm. pinto beans. Uh, Arkansas is chicken and dumplings. That's their favorite. Ooh, okay, that's and that's food. another question too. That's by the way, one. that's another discussion. Mm-hmm. Does chili have meat or no? Oh yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you. Every, every time. Um, the po'boy is the favorite in Mississippi. Po'boy. Po'boy. Love po'boys. The favorite comfort food in Louisiana, and I'm down with this. I thought it might be gumbo or something like that. Frog legs. No, it's no, not frog no. legs. Not, not gizzards. Gator. It's jambalaya. Okay. Oh, yeah. Jambalaya. Who can argue that? Sausage hard, hard and chicken jambalaya. jambalaya. Yeah. I like to put shrimp in mine, too, but they said that's our favorite comfort food. You can see that list, keelnews.com. It's, uh, you know, 
comfort food sounds good. We like mashed taters, mm-hmm. beef tips and rice is on the list some places. Uh, you know, just to sit back. Rice and gravy. Mm. Sometimes I just want some rice and gravy yeah. and I'm good. We got to wrap, don't we? Oh, oh, oh Moon Griffon trying to get yeah, in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 101.7.